Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. You're welcome to a new episode on this English podcast. And um, this is your regular host, Teacher D, sitting in from our studios in Shanghai. Today is a Friday, so we can um, Friday, January 29th, 2021. So we are gradually getting to the end of the first month of this year, 2021. Today's episode is going to be episode number 150. Episode number 150 will be a continuation of our ongoing series focusing on IELTS, the International English Language Testing System. Like we discussed before, this is a standardized English test which um, evaluates the proficiency level of English among students who would like to further their studies in English-speaking countries or they would like to study in a university where English is the main language of study. So we will be discussing various aspects of IELTS and in today's episode we're going to focus on speaking. Remember um, we outlined the four different sections of uh, the test in our previous episode and today we're going to begin with uh, speaking which is um, from my experience one of the most challenging aspects of uh, the test so we're going to be discussing speaking and um, the speaking section is also the shortest section in terms of duration in terms of time the speaking section usually takes about um, 11 minutes, sometimes up to 14 minutes, depending on uh, the behavior of the candidate and uh, the examiner. So, but usually the time limit is, the time varies from 11 minutes to about 14 minutes. So, um, if you look at the speaking test in terms of time it is the shortest test um, the other section like writing reading and uh, listening are a little bit longer so then we're saying that although it is um, the shortest test it's one of the most challenging because most of the students I have come across in my career as a teacher um, they can struggle with uh, writing, reading, and listening, but what really gets them panicking, what usually makes them nervous and not ready for the exam is the speaking section, although it's quite short. Um, most of my students are Chinese students, so their first language is Chinese language, and most of them, that's what they complain about. They say that even if the writing section is difficult or the reading is difficult, um, the fact that you have to work alone on your paper um, makes it less stressful. The speaking section, on the other hand, although it's quite short, just the fact that you have to face another person, you have to face the examiner, you need to have this conversation with the examiner. That's one of the things that makes it very stressful and a lot of students are shy 
they are nervous they don't want to face this native english speaker who sometimes doesn't really speak that clearly maybe he's very fast or maybe he has a very strong accent uh, and uh, there's one of the things that is usually brought up um, in as a question concerning this section uh, many students at school or from primary school through middle school to high school they've always had English teachers from a particular country for example your English teacher has always been an American teacher uh, and then when you, it comes to the IELTS test maybe your examiner happens to be uh, from England and the accent is totally different and so you have a lot of students complaining that they couldn't understand the examiner very well so there's that problem of accent but what well, you have to know that accent is part of language learning so when you learn a language your ability to understand various accents of a language um, is what makes you um, a speaker of that language so to to consider yourself as a speaker of a language or somebody who uses a language conveniently one of those things you should take into consideration is to be able to understand various speakers of that language so yes English has many many accents and you will have um, you, you may have an examiner who comes from Australia, you may have an examiner who comes from England, from Scotland, from Ireland, from Canada, from America, and from other speaking, English-speaking countries around the world. So that's the challenge, and uh, we are not trying to scare you or get you nervous, but you need to know that this situation is there ahead of you so then you can prepare for it and so one tip you can use is when you are preparing for the test and you are listening to maybe um, some audios uh, to practice your listening skills always try to make sure that the audios that you listen to are not audios from one source for example, you cannot just be downloading audios from um, maybe VOA, Voice of America, uh, because most of the speakers there will have a very similar accent. You should have videos, um, audios from Voice of America, from BBC, um, from the Australian News Network, from from KBS, uh, CBS, sorry, and lots of other sources, and um, including speakers of English from countries that are not actually um, English-speaking countries because they too um, speak English. You Sometimes you have a speaker coming from China, you have a speaker coming from Japan, and uh, a speaker coming from some African countries, and so you have to learn how to accommodate various accents in English. And so then comes the next question that students usually ask. Most students want to know in the speaking section are you required to speak like an american are you ex uh, expected to use a particular accent to speak in in the test this is a very um it's a very recurring question a lot of students um ask this question all the time to know um if they have to speak like a British person or they have to speak like an American or they have to speak like an Australian in the test. Well, here's the answer. No, you don't have to fake your accent. You don't have to force yourself to speak 
uh, using a particular English accent in order to get a good score in the test. On the contrary, if you do that, if you're forcing yourself to speak in a particular accent that you do not master very well, it could actually affect your score because you are likely going to be pronouncing some words in a strange way that is not very um, clear. So that could instead affect your scores. What you should be doing is you should be natural. You should be speaking naturally, be yourself, speak with your own accent. And the examiner is not going to judge you or give you less points because you are speaking as a Chinese person or you are speaking as a Cameroonian or you are speaking with an accent that reflects where you come from. No. The important thing is to be able to speak clearly and communicate in a way that other English speakers can understand you. That's what is important. So it doesn't matter if uh, in the speaking test you speak like somebody who comes from Japan or you speak like somebody who comes from Nigeria or you speak like somebody who comes from, from, from China or from Korea. That does not affect your score. So there are a lot of students out there who um, try to imitate American speakers, they try to imitate uh, British speakers and it is not wrong to do that but if you're going to force yourself to speak in that way, in such a way that it's going to affect your pronunciation, then it's not, it's not advisable. It's going to affect you, it's going to do more harm than good to you. So stick with your own accent and speak naturally. That's okay. The examiner is there to evaluate um, your ability to speak, not your accent. So that's a, a major tip that I wanted to share um, regarding the speaking section. And then going back to the structure of the speaking section, well, the speaking section is divided into three parts. So you have part one speaking, you have part two speaking, and you have part three speaking. So what happens in the first part? The first part of the speaking test is more like um, an introduction in which the examiner is trying to know you more. The examiner is trying to get more information about you. So the examiner is going to, first of all, introduce himself or herself. The examiner is going to introduce, to tell you who he or she is. And then she's going, he's going to ask for your ID card and see whether your information is right. And then after that, the first part of the speaking will be about certain questions that may be um, a little bit personal. For example, the examiner would like to know whether you're a student or whether you're working. The examiner would like to know where you're from, um, where is your hometown, and the examiner may want to know what kind of things you like, what are your hobbies, what kind of things you dislike, and then the examiner may want to know something about your past, like how did you grow up, how was your childhood, um, you may want to share a little bit about your family, the examiner may even ask you something about your family, where is your family, uh, what do your parents do, and then you may have to explain certain things about how your daily schedule looks like, what time do you get up in the morning, 
and then how many classes do you have every day or if you are somebody who works what's your working schedule like every day so these are the kind of things that come up in part one of the speaking section and usually there are questions that are a little bit personal and you're expected to answer these questions um, briefly you don't have to elaborate too much so the first part of the speaking test usually takes about five minutes it takes about five minutes and then you have the second part the second part is a little bit different because it's not like a conversation it's not like a dialogue it's you reading a question and then talking on that topic for about one and a half minutes so it's in part two speaking you actually have a topic that is written down on a, on, a, on, a, on a paper and given to you and usually they also give you um, a blank sheet of paper on which you can make some notes you can make some notes like write down some of the main points you would like to talk about and so it's just one topic it's just one topic and the topic usually has um, sub points which serve as a kind of guide so you can actually follow the plan that they give you for example they could say describe an important present that you received once in your life and then they will give you a guide like they will say you should this you should say what the present was you should say on what occasion you received it and then um, what the present meant to you and then uh, finally you should say why presents are important in people's lives so this is just an example of a topic and then they give you some bullet points that you should follow in answering the question and so that usually takes about three minutes because you have one minute to prepare and then you have to speak for up to two minutes so it takes about three minutes or four minutes maximum and then after that there is the part three speaking and part three speaking is very closely related to the topic you you have in in part two so for the example i've just given your part two topic was about a gift so then in part three you will have some kind of follow-up questions regarding gifts for example the examiner could ask you do you think it is important to give people gifts uh, and then could ask a question like um, are there do you give different kinds of gifts to old people and different kinds of gifts to young people do girls um, expect different kinds of gifts why boys expect different kinds of gifts so the examiner will formulate questions relating to the topic in part two and so part three speaking will take you about five minutes again because part, part three is also like a discussion it may take four questions five questions and you're expected to also answer them quite briefly um, not elaborating too much so in total you will have like five minutes in part three five minutes in part one and about three minutes in part two so that gives you something like 12 to 13 minutes so that's how part one that's how the speaking test looks like and with that you have a general idea of the structure of the test and 
um, since our time is up, we will be looking at some sample questions of part one speaking. Uh, we'll be looking at sample questions in the next episode. So in our next episode, expect us to go straight into examples of questions and answers that you should give in part one speaking and possibly part two or even right up to part three. That's what we're going to do in our next episode. Our time is up. Our episode is over. And this is your regular host, Teacher D, signing off. I'll see you in the next episode. Have a wonderful weekend.